Hi, I'm Sarah, and this is my daughter and my co-host, Allegra. You may know my mom from The Mom Hour. On this show, we talk about the books, shows, podcasts, and music that our family enjoys together, plus how we discover great media for kids and how we consume it. We also talk about other fun stuff like board games, tablet games, and movies. Today's episode is about board games and card games, and specifically some really long ones and some super short ones, because we think you need both in your game cupboard. Come on, Mom. Let's get started. All right, everyone, welcome back to episode 14 of Kid Literate. And we're talking about games today because we're spending a lot of time inside. Yes, we are these days inside and at home. So I think, Allegra, there's kind of a time and a place for both really long board games. And we're going to get into some of those. And then also some games that you can pick up and just play in like 15 minutes or less. So we thought we have done an episode about games before. We focused that one on family games for all ages. That was back in December. So go check that one out. And uh, for today, we're going to steer clear of the games we mentioned in that episode with maybe maybe an exception or two. And we're going to focus on the two extremes. So some really long, epic board games that we like and then some some short games. Um, so, yeah, it'll be a mix of recommendations, but this will be fun. Well, Allegra, I'm going to ask you, what do you like about long games? And I'm, I'm using the phrase board games, but they don't have to be a board game. It could be a card game. What do you like about long games? Well, I like that you can just go straight into them. Like you can take breaks, especially if you have a place that can be undisturbed. Yes, that is key, like a separate table or something. Mm-hmm. There's sometimes more strategy in a long game. Would you agree? Yeah, because you have more time to make decisions. Right. And each each turn sort of builds on the next. And that's probably not the case uh, with some of the shorter games. Is there anything that you don't like? Any cons to a long game? Well, sometimes you can't finish it. Mm-hmm. One thing I've noticed is it's very rare that all players have equal amount of interest and focus. The longer the game, the more it feels like some people are still in it and some people aren't. Would you agree? Maybe that's just our family. Yeah, definitely in our family. Yeah. So I think that that is a risk of a longer game is everybody could start out really excited, but then it requires you got to keep everybody's focus for a longer time. Well, what about short games? What things do you like about short games? Um, I like the fast pace games and a lot of fast pace games are short because if you have a fast pace game that goes super long, it can be like... Right, right. It's like a marathon versus a sprint, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I never thought about that, but a lot of shorter games have some kind of like race or time element. Yes. Um, and that is exciting in its own right and it's less strategic. So it's just a different, a different type of fun. Um, is there anything that you don't like about shorter games? Um... Not really. I like short games. I do too. One thing I like about shorter games is this is not always true, but a lot of the ones we're going to mention also don't take up very much space. So you can leave them out. For example, we leave one of the ones we're going to talk about out on our kitchen counter and you can just say, hey, you want a quick round of this? And somebody can say, yeah. And it, it's not a whole production of getting out the box and setting up the pieces and that whole thing. So I don't think this is not like our last episode where there was a debate and a winner. I don't think this is about like which is better. I think it's just um, I think pros it's, and cons. Yeah. And it's good to have both. Um, mm-hmm. So this will be fun. Well, before we get into all of that, we are welcoming back our sponsor, Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls. Yeah. You're probably familiar with the Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls book. It's got short biographies of famous women with these great illustrations. 
Well, they also have a podcast and they're now into their third season. Each episode is around 20 minutes long and tells the short story of one inspiring woman from history narrated by another amazing woman, which is so cool. Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls was created to help close the confidence gap in young girls because it turns out that by the age of six, many girls already believe they're less smart than boys and only 19% of children's books showcase women with jobs or career ambition. And the episodes feature women across every possible field. There's astronauts and chefs and trombonists and judges and scientists and tennis players. So to inspire the rebel girl in your life, go and check out Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls wherever you get your podcasts. You can also click the link right in our show notes to check it out. Again, it's the Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls podcast available wherever you like to listen. All right, so we have a total of four long games and four short games to recommend. And just as a reminder, all the links will be in the show notes at kidliteratepodcast.com. So Allegra, you get to go first and just tell us if it's a short game or a long game before you launch in. So this is one of my favorite short games. And this is the one that we were talking about we keep out on the counter. And that is Boggle. It will literally take you four minutes. Exactly, probably. And it is a word game. So better if you know how to read. So you shake up a bunch of letter cubes and then it's very hard to describe. Do you want me to jump in and describe? Yes. So it's a little um, it's a little grid, like think uh, like a word search grid. I think it's four by four. So 16 letters. And when you shake it with the lid on, the letters rearrange themselves. And then you set it down and take off the little domed lid, revealing a grid of maybe it's five by five, 25. Um and you, your job individually in competition with other players is to find as many words as you can. And, you know, they can go up, down, diagonally, but they have to be connected somehow, just like a word search. Um, and in our family, we say that you they have to be four letter words or higher to make it um, to make it a little harder. But then Violet gets to write down two and three letter words. And then it's a three minute timer. And then at the end of the timer, uh, everybody shares the words they found. And if you found the same word as someone else, you both cross it out. So, you know, you're you're ultimately looking for the number of words you found that nobody else found. So, yeah. So what is your choice? So I also have a short game recommendation and I had to look back in December because I thought for sure I would have mentioned this game back in December. But we mostly focused on group games then. And this is a two-person game, and it is Guess Who. Um, It's been around a long time, so some of you may remember it from when you were kids. Um, So you have a little, like, tray of tiles with people's faces on them facing you, and your opponent has one facing them, and you are trying to guess the identity of your opponent's person by asking questions like, are they wearing glasses? Do they have a hat on? And it's a process of elimination game. It's really fun. I think it's a great parent-kid game. There's great critical thinking for, I would say, like five and up, ages five and up. It takes a little while for younger kids to understand the process of elimination. Like if if it, if I tell you my person is not wearing glasses, you've got to flip down the ones that it can't be, right? You're sort of like, you're, you're eliminating the possibilities. Um, yeah. But it's really fun. So that's guess who, and I don't know, how long do you think it takes? Like less than 10 minutes, probably. Yeah. All right, what else do you have for us? So this is another short game and it is called Zingo and it's like bingo, but it has this thing, very hard to describe, 
but you push it and when you pull it back, it reveals numbers. We have the number Zingo, mm-hmm. but I think it also has pictures. Yeah, there's different editions of Zingo, but they all have that. It's like a it's a so little So you have a bingo board and if you have that number, you yell the number and then you take it and put it on your board. Yep. It is basically bingo with a cool uh, zinger zinger distributor thing. Um, that is a great one. And all ages can play Zingo. The version we have is more math based, but there's lots of versions. Well, it's a great first game. It has numbers on one side, like just straight out numbers. And on the other side is a challenge where it has pictures of like three dots plus two dots. And then you have to grab the five. Right. Yeah. So you're doing a little arithmetic along with uh, but you can cho- pick and choose. Yep. I think a lot of these short games, the nice thing is you could play one round and it could take five minutes or you could sit down and play a bunch of rounds. Another nice thing about short games is um, both Boggle and Zingo, you could have another family member join for this round and then maybe opt out for the next round. And it doesn't it doesn't mess anything up. Whereas some of the longer strategy games we talk about, you know, you're in it for the long haul. So um, well, the last short game I will mention is called Mancala, and it is um, played in this pretty wooden tray with little divots in it with these glass um, marble-like beads. And so it looks really pretty to have out on a table, and it almost looks like something abstract that you would just play with or organize. Or It almost doesn't look like a game. Um, I admit that every time we play it, I have to look up the rules because I have to relearn it every time. But it's a two-person game. And you basically move and slide the little marbles through the little divots in the wooden tray, um, allowing you to capture or pick up um, more of your opponents. And that's about all I remember right now because I will have to look up the rules again. But it's really common. It's easy to find um, the rules online. And it looks really pretty sitting out on a coffee table as long as you do not have children three and under who might pop those little beads in their mouth. It would not be safe. Um, so that is Mancala and there's lots of different, it's not, um, it's not a, Mancala is not a licensed game, I don't believe. So there's lots of different versions of it that you could get and even some pretty handmade wooden versions. So, yeah. All right. Let's get into the long games. Why don't I start? Okay. So we actually just finished playing this one and it is Risk, which is like the world domination game. (laughs) Isn't that really the subtitle? Like a game of world domination or something? It might be. I like Risk because it changes a lot and like you could be winning one time and then you get then your opponent goes on a winning streak and you're losing again and it can have like up to six players or down to two. Oh, that's very versatile. Um, okay, I am going to actually mention two and I'm going to cheat for mine. I'm going to mention two, one that I love and one that I don't like um, in our back in our December episode about games. We talked about Settlers of Catan and um, that is one of these larger strategy games, take over the world type strategy games. This one's more settle the world. Like, yes, Catan is settle the world. Risk is more armies and war, I guess. Um, I love Settlers of Catan and it's almost uncharacteristic that I really enjoy it, but it is really, really fun. I learned about it from Megan, my co-host at the Mom Hour. Um, and we have really enjoyed that one as a family. Um, and then one that I just cannot care about, I can't get into, but a lot of people love is Life. Do you like the game of Life, Allegra? Um, I think I'm so-so, but I think Reed and Violet really enjoy it. Yeah, and I've, I have talked to other adults who loved, that was like their favorite board game 
growing up. So I'm not sure which what I'm missing, but I will tell you my favorite part of the board game life is all of the wordplay that it results in. Like, mom, can you get life for me? And I'm like, yes, child, I gave you life. And we have lots of fun with wordplay and puns around liking life, not liking life. And the game of life. Um, I say I don't personally enjoy it, and yet we're recommending it here on the show just to show that not everybody likes every single game. Um, and it can definitely be a fun family game, and it does take a while. I mean, I don't ever remember finishing it, do you? I'm sure you've finished. Yes, we've finished, finished it a life. lot. We have to convince you to play it. I know. You usually end up leaving. Isn't that sad? I quit life. <laughs> <laughs> See? The wordplay is my favorite part. Okay, bring us another one that you actually like. So me and my brother love to play Monopoly. It's a very classic game and just me and my brother play it like all the time, especially now when we have nothing to do. (laughs) Yeah. And this can last days. Risk and Monopoly can both. I mean, when we're talking about long games, they can last four days and they just live out and then you, you take a break and you go back to it. Does it ever feel hard to finish those up or is it is it as satisfying to finish it up? Whenever you get around to it, I think it can go either way. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it goes a lot faster when you have more people. Yeah. And it can be a lot more fun. But two player ones take a long time. Yeah. And and like we said earlier, you have to have both people kind of still still wanting to be into it. But I believe you won the last epic Monopoly game that the two of you played, didn't you? Yes, I think. I. Oh, yes, I did. Very much so. Very much so. Um, Okay, so we've talked about risk and Life and Monopoly and Settlers of Catan. And I will finish up with another pair of games that can last a long time, um, but they are both two-person games. And so that's a little bit different than some of these like more sweeping epic games. So they are Battleship and Stratego. Both of them are, you know, one player faces off against another. Both have a lot of strategy. Um, and... As I look at our list, Allegra, I'm now realizing that Stratego and Battleship are kind of like a more sophisticated version of Guess Who, in a way, mm-hmm. you're, because you're blind to your opponent's setup and you're trying to guess what's going on on their side, which really is the same as Guess Who. Guess Who is just shorter and simpler. Um, we have an electronic version of Battleship that's pretty fun. Once it's set up and working, it takes a little bit, but once it is, it's pretty fun. Um, but there are also totally analog, not electronic versions of Battleship. And Battleship was a game I played a lot as a kid. And then Stratego is sort of like an imagined, again, like war conquering game where you place all of your different, um, what would you call them? Soldiers, kind of. Do you like that game? I forget. Stratego? I could play Stratego. I can get behind it. I will tell you this. I am not very good at Stratego. I'm not very good at that kind of strategy, especially when it involves spatial reasoning, like imagining where things might be in space is not my strong suit, but I don't dislike Stratego or Battleship. I can definitely get into both of those. So, um, yeah, so there is our list of long games and short games. And this was fun. If you were to play one of these games right now, like right after we finish recording, which one sounds the most fun to you? Moncala. Yeah, me too. Do we have it? We do, but it, I think it's lost. We better go find it. <laughs> okay, before we go look for Moncala, let's talk about what we're reading and what you all are reading. And I can go first. I just started like page two of Outlander, which is a fictional kind of historical fiction, a little bit of romance 
um, time traveling novel series by Diana Gabaldone. And I've heard great things. And there's also a television series they made based on the books. Um, and it's just one of those things that I've heard lots of people love for a long time and never gave it a try. And so I just started it and I'm really liking it so far. So that is Outlander and the Outlander series by Diana Gabaldone. And what are you reading, Allegra, or what have you been reading? So I have been reading a bunch of Gordon Corman's books. We talked about him during our audiobook mm-hmm. episode. And I read Schooled by Gordon Corman, which we haven't listened to the audiobook of, but it is about a boy who was raised by his grandmother who was a hippie. Mm-hmm. And he was raised like on a commune. Okay. But they're the only two left. Because it's like in modern times. Uh So when she breaks her hip, he has to go into a actual middle school. And it's like the story of how he settles into. And he's never been to proper school before. Got it. He was homeschooled. Got it. Oh, that does sound good. So that is Schooled by Gordon Corman. And of course, all these links are right in the show notes or right where you're listening. You can just glance down at your phone. Um, Should we talk about what our listeners are reading? We got a great email from the Bevel family. And actually, the kids wrote us the notes, which makes me so happy. I love picturing our kid listeners out there typing away and sending us an email. So Allegra, do you want to read these notes from Jackson and Ida? Yes. So the first one is from Jackson. He says, hi, my name is Jackson Bevel, and I am eight years old, and I am reading Baseball Pals by Matt Christopher. I am on the second chapter. I like Matt Christopher books because they are all about sports. Ida says, Hi, my name is Ida Bevel. I am five years old. One of my favorite books is Five Minute Peppa Stories. It is eight stories long. Our mom is a listener of The Mom Hour. She is about to start The Light in Hidden Places by Sharon Cameron. Oh, I love that. Thank you, Jackson and Ida and Mom. Uh, for listening to both podcasts. I want to uh, echo Ida's recommendation. We don't have the five-minute Peppa stories, but we do have the five-minute Fancy Nancy stories. And Pinkalicious. And Pinkalicious. And they are great compilations if you're already into those types of books or maybe you're, you know, in the case of Peppa, some might have started from the TV show. Um, Sometimes we take those on trips because it's like having eight bedtime stories, you know, in one in one handy carrying case, so to speak. Um, I will say they always take longer than five minutes to read. We've, <laughs> we've tried that and we're like, who reads these in five minutes? But they're relatively short um, and they're they're They go over very well at bedtime. So that's a great recommendation, Ida. And Allegra, have you read some Matt Christopher novels? Maybe, but not Baseball Pals. OK, OK. I thought that was an author that sounded familiar. Well, thank you, Bevel family. That was really fun to hear what you're reading. And thanks to everybody who sends us emails to hello at kidliteratepodcast.com. And Allegra, it's time to go play some board games, I think. Let's go find Moncala. Bye, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. Kid Literate is a production of Life Listened. Our sound engineer is Brian Thomas from Yokai Audio. You can find links to everything we mentioned at kidliteratepodcast.com. And be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show wherever you listen. Thanks! Thanks.